Fair. I'm Kimberly Hayes Day Morgan. And I'm Amanda Day. You're listening to Fundraising Heyday, where we cover the how to's of grants and fundraising, and how we can all do a better job of changing the world through philanthropy. Yep. Thanks for joining us today, friends. Um, if you want to stay up to date with all things Heyday, from the podcast to book reviews to blog posts and our public speaking engagements, then you need to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, Heyday Hot Takes. It's really easy. You visit our website. And there are also hot takes in there too, because name. There are hot takes. So all you gotta do is mosey on over to our website, heydayservices.com, H-A-Y-D-A-Y, because our names, heydayservices.com. And if you scroll to the very bottom of the page, all you gotta do is enter your email address and name and you're subscribed. And we'll just visit your inbox every Friday with all this heyday goodness. So today, we're talking to an amazing hyphenate. No, I do not mean we're interviewing punctuation because <laughs> not possible. Um, but Kara Mastawi, a seasoned fundraiser, hyphen grant writer, hyphen chief development officer, is talking to us today about breaking down silos between grant writing and fundraising. And because she's so awesome, she's also offering some stellar grant management tips. Kara is the Chief Development Officer at the Watson Institute and holds both a Certified Fundraising Executive, which is CFRE credential, and a Grant Professional Certified, or GPC, credential. So um, we recorded this interview in November of 2023 in the bustling exhibit hall of the Grant Summit, powered by the Grant Professionals Association. We're out in the wild doing our thing, so you might hear some noises, but it's going to be great. Hope you enjoy it. There, we are thrilled at the Fundraising Heyday podcast to bring in Kim Joyce and Associates as a sponsor. This incredible grant consulting firm based in Arizona has worked with nonprofits, for profits, agencies of all sizes, from tribal governments to hospitals, universities, and everything in between. CEO Kim Joyce is here to share some really interesting tips and tricks that she's learned in her lived experience in this incredibly successful firm. We're so glad you could join us. So Kim, you recently added grant management services to the many, many things that Kim Joyce and Associates does. What is it about grant management that seems to just overwhelm a lot of grant recipients and how do you alleviate their concerns? Many of our clients don't have the capacity or the expertise for grants management and uh, the millions of dollars that we secure for them can be overwhelming if they don't have the financial staff in place to manage the funds. So we build relationships with our clients and also with the funding agencies who know us and they know that we're taking good care of our clients. We hire seasoned grants management professionals with accounting and compliance backgrounds. So that gives clients confidence in the services that we provide. And our staff is again, continually learning and participating in professional development, as well as being active in the National Grants Management Association. So we can stay up on everything current in the grants management field. Wow, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. To find out more about the incredible team at Kim Joyce and Associates, visit kimjoyceandassociates.com. 
If you want to join a consulting firm who places value on integrity, excellence, and community, check out the Career Opportunities page. Kim is always on the lookout for her next great hire, as well as her next great client. All right. Well, Kara, thanks for joining us today in our little recording den and the end of the exhibition hall. So we're recording this live if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us and you hear some background noise, it's because it's a big old conference. There so, you go. And also allows us to come in and talk to some thought leaders and some folks who have some interesting points of view and lots of experience. And that's where you came in. So if you're ready, we'll just dive in with the first question. All right. Well, and we'll tag team you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. I was excited to be considered a thought leader. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was asked because I've been around for a long, a long time. So You know, <laughs> experienced thought leader. It's, it's so You good. can be a certain Seasoned. age. Well, you can be a certain yes. age and still be dumb as a box of rocks. So I feel like, not you, but I mean, I just feel like that's age does not necessarily <laughs> confer wisdom. Sorry to break it to you. And to me, doesn't, it doesn't. Oops. But you, um, what, what, as, as a recovering development director, what made me want to talk to you is something that I've encountered so much. Um, and it's sort of, it leading into our first question. I would say, I would say seasoned as a veteran with someone with significant experience in grant writing and fundraising. How do you think the two areas are related and how are they different? Because people have thoughts and feelings about this. Oh yes. Yeah. (laughs) People do have thoughts and feelings and, um, I actually feel that they are related more than they're different. Yeah. Um, the things that I see as us being related, and I've always, I have to say, a caveat is I've always worked in a small person shop. So right. It's always so you're just like, been, there's I, no division of church and state. You're no. like, I am here doing the work. Well, and the other thing is my department, I have a, a team member of one awesome shout out to her, Lisa. She's Yay, fantastic. Lisa. Lisa. Um, we are also marketing and social media content okay, and okay. all of those things okay. as well. But I do believe that grant writing and fundraising are, we're in harmony in Mm -hmm, so many mm -hmm, ways. mm -hmm. And I think it's because we approach our work with an opportunity mindset. Because we do the scan, we see the opportunities before us, and we look for ways to make things happen for our organizations, more things happen for organizations, and to amplify our organization's work. I think that is absolutely a common denominator that fundraisers and grant writers, you have to have it in common. Right. You're in the wrong field if you don't. (laughs) Um, But yes, you absolutely have to have that. And and I feel we share that. And another thing that I really feel that we all have in common is we have to see the organization from both a macro perspective and a micro perspective. Fair. Because I don't think you can be an effective grant writer or fundraiser if you are only seeing a pocket, mm-hmm. you know, like one program. I mean, you might write a lot of grants for one program because it's going to be the one that just need, has the most need. Right, right. But you really have to have, to be effective, that micro view mm-hmm. of the organization. You need to know where your pain points are as an organization. Um, and grant writing, just like fundraising, is very relational. This is true. And I don't think, really, there is much difference between grant writing and major gifts. The approach to Hot me, take, hot take. Yes. I'm totally with you, but there are people who will be like, <gasps> no, no, yeah. it is absolutely relational. People give to people, and that is so trait, and I almost hate saying it, but it's the it's truth. It's the truth. Now, maybe with, with government funding, it is maybe not as much the case. No. But 
It can be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my, I will full disclosure my experience with government's grants, government grants, no federal experience, state experience. Sure. But that being said, I've had some great relationships with state folks mm-hmm. that can pull some strings behind the scenes to make things move along. Yep, this is true. And foundation in Pittsburgh, we're very um, blessed with the third wealthiest foundation community in the country. So I did not know yes, that. Yes. So. It is really important to build those relationships because they have their own interests. Yes. Mm -hmm. Program officers have their own interests. And they are people, too, just like you. And if you treat them like an ATM machine, just like you treat your donors like an ATM machine. Not going to be good. It's not good practice. So I think they're very, very similar. Um, And especially for small shops like me, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's why we can move fluidly between the work. You know, I do a lot of grant writing and I do other things too in fundraising, but I can fluidly move between them because you always have a lot of projects in a lot of different places. You have to work with a lot of different people and project manage. um, So we can fluidly move between those worlds where I do see a difference sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's more in perception. Mm -hmm. Um, It and I actually I have a funny story um, to share, too. But I think fundraisers kind of have a reputation as, hey, the party people. You yes, know? yes, they do. <laughs> they yes, they plan. Do. You know, we, we are seen, and I say we because I am a fundraiser. We are seen as the people that, you know, the party people. They're always going to lunch with someone. Or in the South, perhaps the golfers. The golfers. golfers. Well, we host a golf Golfing. Outing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Nothing wrong with that. You know, we're the people that go to lunch, and it's very mysterious. Like, what is happening at these lunches? Like, what's happening at lunch? What's happening on the golf what's course? On the links? You know, what's going down? What, what's the big mystery that's going on? So we're perceived as very the party people. Like, if I someone told me once, if I had an entrance song, it would be that Bruno Mars song, um, yeah. "Uptown Funk." Nice. That would be my entrance song. Which I'm totally an introvert. Yeah, but introverts need entrance songs. It, you know, I I full believer in everyone having an entrance song. But my my point is, not all fundraisers are extroverts. It's true. But I think that grant writers often are perceived as the introverts. Now, maybe many yes. are, but sometimes I think it's. Not. I know. I was like, twenty to Amanda is not an and introvert. And sometimes they're not. Um, so. Certainly, sweeping generalizations here, everyone's experience will vary. You can be a super effective fundraiser and be an introvert. Yep. You can be a super effective grant writer and be a total extrovert. Now, what I will say is I've been to the AFP conference. Me too. And I've been to the GPA conference. They're different. They are. (laughs) They're very very different. (laughs) My first GPA conference, I walked in and I expected it to be like an AFP conference because it's a dull roar. You walk into an AFP room and it's, "Ah, hey, hi, you know, there's, and when I walked into the room, it was just so quiet and very studious. It was like a study group. But, you know, the, the intimacy and the small group interaction, I mean, obviously I love it. I love mm-hmm, the conferences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love uh, the GPA conference. Um, but, you know, it's kind of funny that that was my experience at the conference because it was a dull roar in the AFP room. Yeah. That's why. Uh, it made me think about this morning when someone wanted to know who was knitting at room at, at table, table 30, 30 or something. I'm just like, <laughs> wow, yeah. Probably, I don't know that you'd have that in an AFP I prob- Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. But, but, yeah. So I really think there's more commonalities than there really are differences. Yeah. And I think most of the differences are probably perceived. Yeah. That's my yeah. experience. Yeah. 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 No, I feel I'm, I'm a sample of one. 
There you so. go. Okay. <laughs> well, and that leads into our next question so brilliantly, which thanks for writing good questions, Kimberly. I am um, here to help. <laughs> so if they do have so much in common, what would you say are the skills that are transferable from one to another? Because mm -hmm. there are there are a lot of organizations mm -hmm. that it is only a grant writer position, it is only a fundraiser position. That's and how so, I got my start. It was in a large hospital foundation. some people want foundation. to make the switch, yeah, but they're like, worried they can't do it, especially grant writers. I don't know how many times I've heard a grant professional go, I could never do fundraising. I'm the grant writer. And I'm like, I bet you could. I bet you, could fig you figured out a federal grant proposal. I bet you could figure out fundraising. So what yeah. do you think are some of the transferable I, skills? I actually think, I think a lot of people get their start in fundraising maybe as event people purely. Yes. That's fair. I actually think it's an easier transition for a grant writer to go into a fundraiser role than it would be an the other person way. because oh, grant people need to have, again, you know, I said it before, the ability to see the bigger picture of mm -hmm. what the organization's needs yep. are, specifically the yep. pain points within the, like, why is this program losing money and what are the funding um, needs for this program and, and where are shortfalls, which an events person, a pure events person may not have that perspective, whereas a grant writer will. True. Um, detail orientation. Mm -hmm. Yep. If you're going to be a fundraiser, whether you're doing major gifts work, planned giving work, um, events, you have to be detail-oriented. It's just ability to manage different things that are in different places. But yeah. it's a great – grant writing is an awesome training ground, I believe, for, for a larger role in fundraising. Can't say this enough. It probably should have been my number one or my last one, but emotionally intelligent. You've got to be able to read people. Yep. And you have to be able to work with a lot of different kinds of people. And I think grants, again, it's, it's a great training ground for that because you have to relate to people. It's super relational. You have to relate to a lot of different kinds of people, funders, um, people in the organization that you're trying to get information from. And I think yeah. it's a great way to position yourself for a career in fundraising. Strategic and critical thinking both. Yeah, absolutely. Have to have both. Ability to synthesize and analyze data because they're different um, and excellent communication skills. And the last one, which is more tactical, but I think you need to be able to do it is budgeting. I was about to say, either you figure it out or you make friends with your finance well, department, and right? I'll tell you what, um, that's, that's another thing. I think fundraisers get a reputation that they can't build a budget to save their life. No. Um, I've always worked really, really well with our finance office nice, um, and have great relationship with any organization's finance department I've ever worked within. But I think your grant writer has a leg up there because they're used to working with budgets. It's true. Mm -hmm. We used to call it development math. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> development yeah. math. Yeah. yeah. Plug the whole, well, yeah. And it gets Round thrown up. at You're us. Rounding up, you yeah. know, yeah. rounding up. Yeah. yeah. Well, but same with grant writer. I mean, a lot of people come to it thinking, oh, it's a writing job and mm -hmm. I can write well, right? But that, that's writing how I got. That, that's writing I doesn't about. always translate to it's budgets, like twenty percent right? of what you're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. So I am. I am curious, having gone from grant writer to senior, more senior levels, and then as and in more of a development director role. Mm -hmm. Before I started mm -hmm. consulting, um, there were some skills that I would. I, had maybe a little unexpectedly brought to the table, but I'm mm -hmm. just enough about me. I am curious about you. What would you say um, would be some good advice for someone who might want to explore other roles or maybe is looking to, it loves smaller or medium sized nonprofits. And that's just part of the gig that you're doing more right. than one role. What, what kind of um, advice would you give to someone who might be wanting to move from grants 
strictly into more grants plus fundraising other things? Sure. I think the first thing, and I believe, I'm a strong believer in this, even if you're not looking to make a switch, is find a mentor. Fair. Find someone who can mentor you. If you are a member of a GPA, Grant Professionals Association, they have a wonderful mentoring program. Yep. And I would encourage all of our members who haven't taken advantage of it to, and, and those of you who are maybe more seasoned in your career to sign up to be a mentor, because it really is a meaningful, I'm a mentor. It's a very meaningful experience. It is. Um, but I would find a mentor, even, you know, if it's someone within the organization mm -hmm. that maybe you work as part of a larger development shop. And I, that's one thing that I really love about the fundraising profession is we are all very willing to share. Yeah. And I, I think it, if you can have a conversation with someone within your organization that you're looking to expand your role, and I don't think it, you know, they would be threatened by that in no. any way. Um, I think they would be happy to, to hear, the, especially in the, the labor market today, that you're willing and interested in taking on more and learning more. Mm -hmm. um, so find a mentor outside the organization or inside your organization. Um, and, and just kind of piggyback on that. If you work in a larger organization where maybe there, you are a grant writer, but there's a plain giving person or a major gifts person mm -hmm. or an events person. Um, see if you can cross train a little bit with yeah, them. Yeah. Um, get exposed to those areas to see what you like. Um, and if you are able to learn some of those um, translated skills. And then if, if you don't get a bite within your organization to be able to do that, right. get involved in a nonprofit board. It's a great experience mm, nice. to serve on a nonprofit yeah. board. Um, and that has an, a, a couple added benefits is as a fundraiser, one of the things that my peers and I, um, it's difficult sometimes to get board members to fundraise. No, <laughs> I am so shocked. You may have, no, heard, never experienced ever, that may have heard this does happen, but it changes your perspective when you're sitting on a board. Oh, yeah. And you are asked to fundraise or make a personally significant gift. Yeah. And you are much better able to understand from a board member's perspective mm -hmm. everything that is being asked of board members. So if you get nothing else out of the experience, you will get that perspective. But if you're looking to go for your grant professional certification and or your CFRE, Certified right. Fundraising Executive, serving on a nonprofit board or even a committee is going to get to you some points. That's true. And it's also going to help you see, like, maybe I want to be on their, whatever, their 5K committee or their golf committee or gala committee or something. And you'll get a taste for whether you really like that work or not. That's true. Yeah. That's a great tip. Thanks for sharing Thank that. Thank you. And there are also plenty of opportunities within GPA. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I give a shout out to the GPA mentoring program. You know, I'm a mentor, as I said. You know, I would encourage anyone who isn't sign up and look for that mentor. There is a way you can sort, I believe, to to be connected to someone, someone who, who has, has broader fundraising yeah, yeah. experience. Yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I second on the GPA mentor. I've, I've done that once. It was a fascinating. I love doing it. So it's you can do it and then not do it and then yeah, do it again. Yeah. It's, it's not a lifetime commitment. Well, so sign up. <laughs> well, and it's it's very much um, driven by your mentee. Yes, that's you know, true. I, it. it can be twice a year based on what they need, or it could be once a month or whatever they need. It's really, I let the mentee, at least in my relationships, I let it be driven by them. It's their agenda. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. So, well, let's shift gears here. So we've talked a lot about the grant writing and fundraising side. Do we need a sound side. effect for shifting gears? There you go. <laughs> it's going to be smoother than that. <laughs> let's hope so. Um, so 
we do spend a lot of time. People can really focus on the grant writing because it's the pressure to get the money, to get the money, to get sure. the money. But the reality is the grant management piece is a whole other ball game that can be sometimes more difficult, more complicated, but it really is super important because my, anytime I tell people, I'm like, look, my number one job is to keep the money we already have. Then we can worry about more money, but let's not mess up what we have. But that's not the exciting part. I right? know. Everybody not. wants to get that big old check and it's like, hello. Yes. Yeah. So, yep. but what, you know, do you have some common mistakes that people are making when it comes to grant management, particularly with foundations? Cause I feel I switched, I, I did a lot of federal grants and there is a whole host of rules. There's almost too many rules, but it's kind of nice having those guardrails. Mm -hmm. And as someone who now does foundation grants, I'm almost like, but wait, there's not two CFRE to follow and there's not, what do I do? So, some helpful hints when it comes to yeah. grant management. Well, I, I tried to keep my pitfalls list to only three, but I have to say it was really hard to keep it to only we're, three. I'm sorry. We're mean with our questions yeah. sometimes. Yeah, so I could, it, I could list about 30. But, um, <laughs> okay. You know, counting down to the, to the big one at the end, um, I think the first mistake is not communicating the award and expectations to the full team whomever that is in your organization, it's going to be different. Um, typically it. it is program folks. It is finance yep. and of course you, and then anybody else on the development team that you maybe are working with. Um, because I think what's sometimes happens is it's so top of mind for us mm -hmm. that it's easy to think, we well, you know everybody else. Surely this is they top know. of mind for them. Yeah. They know. Or they know how it works. Exactly. And in no. No, they Absolutely. Don't. And they're working on other things. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And many times, as we know, there's such a time delay in between when you put the grant proposal in and when you actually get the award or can start spending money. Yeah. Um, You've forgotten by Much then. has happened. Things have changed. Yep. So... I encourage everyone set up a kickoff session, whether it's virtual or in person, and give everybody a really quick written summary that you provide to all of them. Yes. And some of my colleagues actually have people at the meeting sign this this summary. That's what Danny. We have did. a friend who does that, and I don't go yes. that far. Um, you know, I'd like to take the bloody fingerprints and put it at the bottom of the paper, but don't forget do the, that. Forget signature. It's a blood oath. <laughs> we are going to blood swear. A chalice, a blade. Exactly. Yeah. Don't go that far, but give them the summary because, and even, you know, one of my rules, and I heard this on another podcast somewhere is assume the least pathological intent. And I keep going back to that. Okay. Fair. Yes. Fair. Don't assume bad intent, but... Remember, this isn't their job. It's not their primary job anyway. And there could have been turnover. And many, yeah. many, many other things are in the way. So have that meeting to reset and remind folks. Remember that grant that we submitted like 18 months ago? Well, yay, it came. <laughs> and you already deposited the check. And here's what we need to do. Yeah. So that's number one. Um, I think the second mistake that is made is not communicating frequently enough post-award. Um, okay. So you can't just have the kickoff meeting. I think there needs to be some kind of regular check-in with the program and finance team. I concur. And this is driven by your organization. I mean, I'm not saying every week and I'm not saying every month. You know, maybe quarterly is enough. But just check in and make sure that things are on track. Something that my organization does that I find incredibly helpful is I get a restricted fund report every month that really gives me an indicator yep. of, are those funds sitting there? Because... Yeah, it's a lag indicator. Granted, it's a month after the fact, but still, I can get ahead of that and yep. see, like, okay, that makes me look at it with my critical eye, which I mentioned critical thinking before, and say, I don't see that dropping. 
that fund should be dropping. And it makes me ask some questions. Mm -hmm. And then usually the answer I find out is, oh, that's on order, supply chain, whatever, whatever, but we just haven't paid the bill yet. Okay. That's or a some, very different Or answer. maybe something's miscoded. Like if right. you're in a larger organization, right. it's right. coded right. to the right. wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's when it's really helpful yeah. to have that check in with them and especially the program folks like did you hire the staff how are things ha going yes do you anticipate that this is going to be an issue reminding them about the outcomes that need to be collected and even doing maybe some data sampling yeah you know i like to be ahead of it um and if i don't like surprises like that at all mm -hmm. um, yeah. i say as a young grant professional i learned the hard way i just assumed that person is so excited about this grant. <laughs> They're they going to spend it. It's going to be money. awesome. And you're right. They have a full-time job and this mm -hmm. is extra. And so they're like, I meant to get to that. Yep. And so I did the same thing. Every month I would check in. Um, I didn't get a fancy report. I had to log into our yep. finance system and look into the account. But I would check every month. And same thing. I'm like, hey, we started with $80,000. We still have $80,000. Yep. Yep. What's what, happening? How can I help? Happening? How can I help? Well, and so. I, I, I file this one under a theme, a, a very wise colleague of mine once, uh, well, she would always ask me, do they know? And I would say to her, they've been told. There's a difference between do they know and have they been told? They've been told, but do they know? Do they? I cannot yes. assess whether they know. Um, yeah. And it's not safe to assume they know simply no, because they were told. So those check-in meetings will help you to determine if they really know and yeah. understand and have integrated it into their process. Mm -hmm. And then the, the last one, and this is where we've all gotten bitten, is not starting the interim or final report process early enough. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. obviously, you know, you can't wait until a month before it's due to send your little inquiry out to the program and finance team and say, hey, guys, remember that grant we got? It's time. Here's what I need. It is time. Winter is coming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Winter is upon us. So if you have done these other things, you know, the communicating yep. at the kickoff meeting, I will be asking for this. And then obviously backing up the time frames. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, I will be asking for this, you know, and then I think it's respectful to ask how much lead time do you need? to get this to me. Right. You know, and those are things that you can determine by having those check-in meetings. I call it active monitoring. Nice. But it is the biggest thing. I can't say enough about active monitoring yeah. because if you really are on it, you're, I'm not going to say what one doesn't slip through occasionally and burn you, but it's less likely yeah. if yeah. you've been actively bought. You don't have that scrambling uh, feeling. Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah, full disclosure, this takes more time. Yeah. Because yes, we'd like does. to just be writing grants, not meeting with people and hurting everybody, you know, the cats into mm -hmm. doing what they, we need them to do. But it's going to, it's spend the time now or mm -hmm. experience a lot of pain later. Absolutely. I made the mistake once we had, well, Thankfully, we caught it very early, but we had a grant for, uh, we were doing a bicycle safety campaign. And so we were, our police officers were going to all kinds of events and handing out bike helmets and safety materials and other things. And one of the parts of our reporting was at each event, we were supposed to count how many things we'd oh, given yeah. away and how many oh, interactions yeah. with people we had to show our reach. And it was after the first event that I was like, hey, I need these numbers. And thank goodness I asked, because I really didn't need them till the end of the year. They're like, oh my gosh, we didn't. How are we? I'm like, well, the good news is we started with 100 bike helmets. How many do we have left? <laughs> Let's do we some math. Event. <laughs> so we, 
So we were able to figure it out. But if I had waited till the end, we couldn't have said for right. each event. And so those check-in early and often things really are smart because you can at least, sometimes you can you can figure out the problems early. Right. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, and sometimes it's just life gets in the way. Maybe they needed to hire someone and they couldn't hire someone. Yeah, yeah. because of the market or right. for whatever. And, you know, and again, I go back to don't, you know, assume the least pathological response here or intent. But, you know, you got to come up with a plan. It's true. Yeah, you really do. So I wanted to back up to... Um, to make sure that people were understanding we weren't just firing random questions at you of yeah. like fundraising now grant management <laughs> it's because you're actually we're record again we're recording this live at the 2023 grant summit where you are presenting on grant management so i just want to circle back with that but um uh, one of my final questions would be if you're setting up a grant management system we've talked about let's have some active monitoring let's mm -hmm. check in let's don't wait till the last minute let's don't i loved that you told them, but do they know? Mm -hmm. I'm just, that could be a, that could be a temporary <laughs> tattoo for next <laughs> yeah. year. But do they know? Do they know? <laughs> so helping them know, sort of transitioning into maybe talking a little bit about grant management systems, because uh -huh. they're all kinds of, we're sitting in an exhibit hall right now, all kinds of vendors yep. of all kinds of products. I think Amanda did a bang up job with some spreadsheets and binders. Oh, back in the day. Back that in was the old day. School methods. Uphill yes. in the snow, both yeah, ways, both ways. grant management. <laughs> but is there a way to bridge those two extremes and sort of talk to us a little bit more about what you should look for in grant management systems? So funny aside. Yeah. Most people probably still use spreadsheets. I'm not, I'm not uh, judging. I'm yeah. just, and yeah. I, that is where I was about a year ago. Okay. And that coming to this conference and talking to my colleagues got me really thinking like, I can't do it this way anymore because you, of you everything could, else. But there might do. be a better way. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was time to, to do some research. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, trying to look at the most important things to consider. I think a lot of people are going to expect me to say cost, but it's really not cost. Okay. I think the two biggest things to consider, and this is more from an in implementation and selection lens. Yeah, yeah. Um, it will fail if you do not involve in the end users from the very beginning of the conversation because you cannot make these decisions in a silo. That's true. Now, if you are a grants consultant and it's your business, then different. yeah, that's different. Absolutely. But I'm talking more to the, the development officers mm -hmm, or mm -hmm, grant mm -hmm. professionals who are part of a larger um, operation where it's, you know, they work with other people. So involve the end users and the right people at the beginning. Now, I know in my approach, I, when I got started on it, even though it's a team member and myself, mm -hmm. I talked to IT, information technology, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. finance at the very onset. So some said, of your end users. And they, and I wasn't sure if they would be end users, mm -hmm. but I asked them, this is what I'm considering. What would you like your role to be? Like, what do you want to be part of the process? And what we were able to determine was from finance, I was not looking to change anything in their workflow. Fair. And the workflow with finance in the way that we needed to have our reporting at month end balance out fundraising needed to match um, finance. Mm -hmm. And it was working well with our CRM. I was not looking to change that. Right. So finance gave me their blessing and said, go forth and select a system that works for you. 
as long as it's budget neutral or fits within your budget, because which is another. Because their finance, it's their job. It's right. their yes. job to say that. But truthfully, I was already there. Like, if it's not budget were. neutral, I'm not going to do it. Um, but they gave me their blessing to go forth and select what I needed. It didn't affect their workflow. Same with IT. Um, all of the platforms mm -hmm. we were looking at were cloud-based. Right. They didn't, you know, I asked about security concerns or anything like that. Is there anything I needed to ask on the front end when I started to shop? And they gave me some pointers um, but they did not need to be involved in the decision-making process. But I invited them. Smart. Now, for your organization, um, like for me, I have a team of two, myself and one other person. She and I both looked at products, and I, I, I looked at 17 different products. Wow. Um, over three months. There's a lot out there. And there she and I were, and there's way more than that, I'm yep. sure. Um, and she and I were both testing them and looking at them with different lenses. Her more from the event management, marketing, SEO, social media, content management side. Mm -hmm. Myself more for grants management and um, major gifts because I ended up with a product, a project management platform. Interesting. Um, but involve the users, let them get ownership because you will not get buy-in if you do not. It's true. Yeah. And it oh. will not be successful. You and actually, I'm doing research. I'm presenting, as you mentioned, as Kim mentioned, I'm presenting on grant, choosing a grant management platform. 75% of business operations software fail. 75% fail. That's yeah. a lot of time and money and resources. Wow. And yeah. the number one reason they fail is because the end users were not involved. And the, yeah. they're not just not using that. They, yep. yeah. And they're not using it. So yeah. don't yeah. make that mistake. And the second thing I would encourage everyone to look at it, and it's more pertaining to the product is their user experience i.e mm. ease of use does it align with your workflow does it make sense to you like when you look at it is it intuitive mm -hmm. and that's going to be a different question for everyone like how do you do your work what's mm -hmm. your workflow look like could it look like this do you want it to look like this because if it doesn't it's not going to work for you right yeah because I looked at some platforms where my spreadsheet, make fun of it if you want, it was one step. It, some of these platforms I looked at, it was five steps to do the same thing I could do in one step in a spreadsheet. It's true. Yes. I'm not going to use that. Yep. I don't want to add steps to my process. So, or if the learning curve is too steep to learn the platform, no one's right. going to use it. Mm -hmm. And what good is it? I mean, you can have the best platform in the world, but if, if your users aren't using it, yeah, you might as well have your spreadsheet. It makes me yeah. think of when I first started writing grants, I was for a foundation for a large pediatric hospital. So it was, they were grant writers, they were fundraisers, they were events people. It was a big uh, workplace and they, I, I, don't, I don't, it's not important which platform it was, but it's one that's still around today, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't do that. They didn't involve. So there was actually a, a sub department that was all about sports activities. You can imagine, you know, in Atlanta, there was all sorts of golf and running and walking and tennis and all sorts of activities and that sub department just sort of refused to use it and because they were bringing in so much money i mean it was it was sticky yeah and um then so for for the rest of us who were trying to use it or trying to get reports because sometimes Corporate foundations would both sponsor and give grants, and you're trying, and it was just a mess sometimes. But yeah, they they weren't. We yeah. none of us were asked. I just found the system pretty easy to use, yeah. but they were just like, we just can't work with this. Yeah. 
Yeah. So well, and it's not it's not only ease of use too. It's like making them understand, hey, this is yes, it works well, but also you need to use it because I I worked um, in a local government where we created our own management system. Mm -hmm. So our IT department built what we wanted from what I wanted as a grant person from scratch, and (laughs) it was it was beautiful and lovely and for me. And one of my dreams was now instead of all my program people calling me constantly, going, "When's that report due? Remind me when this." All they had to do was log in. It was all there. But they were all so used to, it's so easy to pick up the phone and call Amanda. Right. And yeah. I was too young and sweet to go, I'm, as of this day, I'm no longer answering your questions. Right. If I had to do it all over again, I would go back and go, I'll come and spend an hour with you. I can show you how to use the system. But I was just too nice. And I would log in myself. Here's what it is. Okay. And so it sort of saved me time, but it didn't save me the time it could have if I had... Well, I've always said between us, you are the nice one. So I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Yeah. So buy-in is important. And I think you get that buy-in by helping them understand what the value proposition is for them. Yep. I can write more grants for you if I'm not answering your questions. Exactly. Hello. (laughs) This thing that, this report that I keep asking you for, it'll actually auto-populate that report. Then now we're talking. Now we've got to You won't have to send me this every month because... You can just fill it out in here, and it'll produce it and update it every month. Sold. Nice. I, buy in right here. Buy in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> it's not even your system. It didn't matter. Completely I'm in. bought in. I love it. I love it. No. Very good. Yeah. Well, what I'd love to wrap up on is um, where people can find you if they want to know about your organization you work for and the work that you're doing, or maybe where you're presenting next. Yes, sir. So how can people reach out if they have questions or interest? Well, I will be here this afternoon presenting and all sessions are going to be recorded. So if you aren't able to catch my session, GPA will be putting those up. And I encourage everyone to, you know, check that out. And and my session is really intended. It's providing a spreadsheet as a tool to choose a grant, help you in your decision-making process for choosing a grant management platform. So I'm speaking to the spreadsheet folks. I love it. Um, and then on LinkedIn. Okay. So I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn and you can connect to me on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, I really just like to have a dialogue with folks. And I, I'm always looking to learn from my colleagues as well. Absolutely. So that's probably the best way. I just very think nice. it's so important for us too, to make sure we're, we're bringing on folks who are also, not, not that it's wrong to talk to consultants because we're consultants, but Bringing on folks who are working within agencies, mm-hmm. I think it just is a whole different perspective. It is that that, that you can bring. So thank you. Well, yeah. thank you for the opportunity. I, mean, I I remember when I was coming up in my career, I had a wonderful mentor, nice. and yeah. I have always felt, you know, I'm hoping that someone can get a nugget if they get one nugget from our interaction at a conference or a presentation. Then you know, I, that's my. My goal. That's a win. That's a win. Well, you've helped us win today. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Kim Joyce and Associates. If you want to learn more about career opportunities and client relations with this growing business, visit KimJoyceAndAssociates.com. That's K-I-M-J-O-Y-C-E and Associates.com. We really, really hope that you enjoyed our time with Kara as much as we did. She's amazing. And I learned something. I learned something from everyone we interviewed, but I learned some more things today. So happy to be here alone. We're honored you chose to spend time with us today. Join us again in two weeks where we are talking with Rachel Horner and Lucy Morgan 
two seasoned grant management professionals, and they're going to talk with us about the ins and outs of post-grant award management. Special bonus, if you watch on YouTube, you may see some really fancy, fun accessories. I'm just saying. There you go. So see y'all then, friends. Thank you.